is the 77 WABC minicast. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Joseph Pastner. And I'm Reverend A.R. Bernard. Reverend, it's one thing to be the congressperson from Long Island. It's another thing to be America's congressperson. I'm talking about Peter King, who uh, really set a standard uh, that was hard to replicate because he could he could do business with both sides of that political aisle. Uh, we saw him many times uh, as he would shake hands with the other side, compromise with the other side, all the things that you find difficult or impossible mm-hmm. to have today. Congressman again, welcome to the Reverend the Rabbi. That's great. You, great to be Rabbi the Reverend. It's really great to be with the two of you, especially at this time of year where I really covered, you know, your two bases, the Christians and the Jews, and uh, and I'm Irish, so I don't know where I fit into that. <laughs> well, we've, we've made you an honorary Jew uh, a long time ago. So we were in Israel, Congressman, when, you know, the rockets flew overhead and you ran into the bunker, leaving Governor Patterson alone with me. Uh, and people down south, if you talk to a number of people who live near Gaza, Israelis, one of the reasons, or two reasons, one, it's a beautiful area. But the other thing is, they often felt that one day there would be peace with Gaza. And they said, we know it's going to happen one day, and we want to be here when it happens. You look at what's happened October the 7th, and I don't see that day coming, certainly not in our lifetime. No, you know, the day, uh, that was back in, I guess, 2014, we were over there in Israel. New York Water Rabbis, you were there, and I was there with former Governor Patterson. The story is not exactly the way you told it. We were in Ashkelon, which, again, at the time, you know, the, yeah, uh, there was fighting going on between Israel and uh, uh, Hamas. And but when I was there, it didn't quite hit me as to how close we were. Uh, but there was a home there in Ashkelon that had been bombed, and the uh, you know, people wanted us to see it, and we went over there. And as we were there, suddenly the air raid sirens went off. And there was rockets in the air. At least one rocket was in the air. And uh, Reverend, if you ever go with these guys, make sure they tell you what to do. Because they they hadn't told either me or David Patterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The two, so the the two Christians sirens, in the group, yeah. And, and yeah. All, the, all the rabbis started running for the building. <laughs> yeah. And so they knew where to go. So I'm the, I had a bad ankle. As you know, David is mostly blind. So literally you have the blind leading the lame or the lame leading the blind. Rockets <laughs> overhead. We're trying to that get to the uh, shelter in time. You better go but to it church. Was, uh, it was amazing to see. We actually uh, saw the Iron Dome work. and saw the rocket explode in the air. And, you know, David and I, you know, fool around about it now. But imagine living under those conditions every day, not knowing when you're going to be attacked. And just for that, you know, we're still talking about it nine years later. And the whole thing took like 30 seconds. Imagine if that was happening or could be happening every day of your life or you send your kids off to school and you wonder what's going to happen. Then we have October 7th, what did happen. That was some of the worst brutality was taking part in that town or area where we were. And, you know, people talk about a Palestinian state, and it certainly on paper makes sense. Yeah, let people have their own state. They can govern their state, and the Israelis can govern theirs. But people forget that, you know, 19 years ago, Israel pulled out of Gaza. Mm-hmm. Basically, they turned it over to the Palestinians. And the Palestinians elected Hamas. And now we saw this brutal attack. It'd be one thing if that had been even a military attack on, on Israel, uh, which is dangerous enough. But it was, and there happens to be, you know, the collateral damage uh, to civilians. But this was an attack on civilians. And not just killing and shooting them, but, you know, the butchering, the raping, the amputations, the mutilations. 
out and out torture uh, of over a thousand innocent Israelis. To me, uh, I, I don't know how you go about creating a Palestinian state when this is finally over and hopefully we'll be, we'll be finished soon. You know, this type of struggle going on now. But how do you set up a state uh, unless you know it's going to be demilitarized? I don't see how you do that. Unless there's uh, a, a country that's willing to abide by, by uh, common law. Like, for instance, uh, uh, you know, Egypt and Israel, basically, in the you know, 1970s, there was the agreement with Begin and Sadat. And for the most part, the Egyptians have lived up to it since then. And Jordanians and Israel have a treaty. They, you know, they've lived up to it. But I don't know how you could ever ensure that the Palestinians in Gaza, even for that matter, the West Bank, uh, are going to live up to it, uh, you know, to the terms of it, and abide by, you know, humanitarian principles. It's a, uh, it's a very dangerous situation. Again, I'm not. I've been to Israel. I guess it's five or six times, uh, and I'm always amazed by how small it is, how quickly you can fly from one end of the country to the other. And what a dangerous neighborhood, uh, you know, the Israelis are living in, and how they are surrounded by. Well, you have uh, Iran is so close by. Then you have uh, obviously you have Gaza. And the West Bank, which can erupt at any time. So no, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a almost desperate situation. Yeah. I wish there could be a way out. I just go back to what uh, I guess it was Abi even said that the Palestinians never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. They've had so many opportunities over the years to uh, go forward. Instead, it ends up back in violence, yeah. no matter what it is. Nobody talks about that. All they yeah, talk I, about, right? All they talk about ceasefire. Uh, let's stop what's called the, the so-called cycle of violence, as if both sides are equal here. You don't hear much anymore about October 7th. You don't hear condemnation of Hamas. It, the vocabulary has changed on the other side. You know, And, and, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because the – and look, we deal with hope, uh, Rabbi, you and I. That's part of you know what we bring to the table. But how can you hope when it is absolutely clear without – any ambiguity whatsoever, that there is this ideology that will never, never acknowledge the right of the state of Israel to exist. And there's only war in their heart. How do you negotiate peace? Cease fire for a short period of time, but you're constantly living with that reality that peace is far, far, far out of reach. Religion also teaches you're not mandated to commit suicide. So you can have hope, but at some point it's unrealistic. And when yeah. people and openly declare they want to kill you and they've shown they will kill you, I, I don't see it. I, yeah. And I got a problem with how short the history is with those who are protesting uh, against Israel. Because you look at what's happening in the Middle East now, and the result of it, it's a result of things that took place a century ago, but the Israeli story, the Jewish story, goes back more than 2,000 years, Rabbi, living in under the constant threat. I say this every time because it's so important, living under a constant threat of genocide. Mm-hmm. What do you expect a people to do who have lived their entire existence under that kind of threat. They're going to secure themselves, and they have a right to. A moral. Yeah, they really do, especially when you're negotiating with a 
uh, a group that doesn't really want to negotiate. And, and Bill Clinton, and you know, the rabbi and I know him fairly well, but Bill Clinton, he brought peace to Ireland. There have been 300 years of fighting in Ireland. He, he was, you would not have had the Good Friday Agreement without uh, Bill Clinton. Then you had Bosnia, which was considered to be an intractable war, the war in the Balkans. Bill Clinton was uh, responsible for bringing that to a conclusion. But he put more work and effort into trying to work out between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And he will say right to the end in 2000, the final months of his administration, he had worked it out between Barack and uh, Arafat. Basically, everything Arafat wanted or hoped to get, he got. Arafat left and there was no agreement. And that is Bill Clinton's probably biggest disappointment of all the things he tried to do. And all the things he achieved, that was the one thing that he, to this day uh, really bothers him, that they did everything they were asked to do for the Palestinians, and Arafat walked away from the table. Because they just could not find it in themselves to go back to their people, back to his people, and tell them that they were going to recognize Israel and that they had worked out an agreement with, with Israel. It's uh, Unfortunately, I think the driving force among Palestinians will never be uh, satisfied, will never be at peace until Israel is removed from the face of the earth. Congressman, Reverend just spoke of young people not having a sense of history. What about the professors on campuses? What, mm-hmm. what's, what's their excuse? 